Podcast Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Oh, hello. How are you? Ah, great. Kat had a great weekend. We're going to talk about that coming up on this episode of After 9. We're going to talk about work scams. The replay of Missed Connections from our radio show is coming up at the end of this episode. And a whole lot more things to get to here on this episode of After 9. You went all full-blown Christmas and winter on us this Yeah, weekend. it was like a bit of a bit of everything. Um, and I understand you want to slap a holiday violation on me. I get it. I <laughs> I started by doing Christmas photos. So I did. we did our family Christmas photos. We do it. I've, I've explained this before, I think. But basically, we have a photographer who's great. We love her. We go to her every year. She has different setup. So last year, it was the Christmas car. And then, you know, the year before that, it'd be um, like an outdoor setting, whatever it is. It was the Christmas kitchen this year. So she has to take all of the photos now in order for us to get Christmas cards. So part of the package is Christmas cards with it. So you get the photos and you can do whatever you want with the photos, print them, whatever. And then you have Christmas cards pre-made, which is so handy, Scott, because I hand out Christmas cards. I do. Anyway, I still mail out Christmas cards. I do that. Merry Christmas. Here's a picture of me and my beautiful family. Yeah. And, and so we do that every year. And uh, we have to get get it done now in order for us to get the cards back in time to be able to mail them out to Christmas because the whole process takes like a few weeks in between. So anyway, we did that and it went great, by the way. I think these pictures are going to be cute. You're going to see them in your mailbox in no time, Scott. <laughs> so uh, I got to remember to check. The I'm mail. going. I'm Shit. going. Yeah, I'm going to make it. I'm going to remind you. Don't worry. Once I mail them out, I'll be like, did you check today? Did you check today? Did you check today? Do you get mail delivery to your home or to a box down the street? A box down the street. I fucking hate it. Yeah. I don't understand what happened with Far, far, far less technology. Canada Post managed to deliver letters to every single person's home in this country. And then at some point, we decided to start putting them in boxes a few blocks away. And now nobody checks their fucking mail until you need tools to pull everything out of it because they've jammed so many flyers in there. Yeah. I mean, I check it a few times a week, that said. I have to, or else I wouldn't be able to. I'm a couple times a month. Yeah. That's it. And it's always so full. I still get paid by check by some companies. Like when Ah. I do my voiceover stuff, believe it or not, there are still companies that do OG checks. So I want to get paid. So I go to the mailbox. That's the only reason why. Mm. If I didn't, I would not even check the mail. Got it. Yeah. Uh, but okay. they put flyers in there now, Scott, because I don't know if you guys have heard the news uh, more recently. Uh, there's some newspapers, very sad, but some newspapers have kind of, I want to say gone under. Is that the right way to say it? Yeah, they've stopped investing into their local newsrooms. Yeah, which I mean, and and that's that's sad. And a lot of people are like, yeah, but that means no newspaper on my porch when I don't want one. And I was kind of in that boat at first, but then I realized they started to stick flyers in there. So not only do I have mail, I have more flyers in there than ever before. The last time I did, I had like 15 flyers in there the last time I opened my mailbox. Holy shit. That's the difference now between when the newspapers came. So anyway, check your mail. Hey, maybe this is a reminder. Check your mail, guys. <laughs> How many but- people right now are going, oh yeah, fuck, where is that thing again? Where the hell? And then yesterday I saw a mutual friend of ours, a very talented mechanic, Who's um who's in the Etobicoke area? Hey, Superior Automotive, shout out! They're on on Jutland Road in Etobicoke, best intersection. Uh, Kipling Ki- and Queensway, Kipling it's and just Queensway. north of there. They are one of these uh, places that you go to when you want honesty. They're not going to charge you for something that they don't need to charge you for. And if they can find you a deal on something, they will. For example, my winter tires n- got a new car. Winter tires are expensive. Like I mean, I got quoted. Everything on that car is expensive. Dude, I got quoted. <laughs> I got cro- quoted like $3,000. Oh my God. Like it's that much. It's that much. And my husband was in a, is in a similar boat. He also got a new car. I mean, it's whatever. What's his is mine and mine is his, but we each drive those cars usually ourselves. 
So we were like, shit, I'm not spending like five, six grand on winter tires. This seems ridiculous. So um, anyway, Paul is one of those people and, and that whole Superior Automotive in general, give them a call because they can help you out and, and found someone who was selling winter tires and got them to me two sets for under what one a set would have bit cost. Wow. So amazing. Um, but I, anyway, I stopped by just because he's a buddy to say hello on a, on a Sunday. They're not open on a, <laughs> on a Sunday regularly. But I think I, ca- I think I caused a problem though yesterday. Why would you do? So we're outside shooting the shit afterwards because I was catching up with him and he's a great guy. And his son was there too, who's training to do the same thing. Amazing. Actually, I, sh- I say training. I think he's been in that shop like since he was a, a little boy. I so, go there a little more often than you do. He's worked there for a while. I, I was going to say, he's been there for a long time, right? So yeah. anyway, I, I say he's training to be a mechanic. He is a full-blown mechanic, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the two of them were, were kind enough to, to hang out with me on a Sunday. But then all of a sudden, like... Someone saw him outside that's nearby and rolled up and started talking to him. I'm like, I'm sorry to do this up to you on a Sunday when your shop's not open. He's like, yeah, I might as well have opened the shop. Thanks, Kat. <laughs> all these people are coming out to say hi to him because they see him outside. Uh, nonetheless, if you're looking for a, a, an actual good, reliable, um, honest uh, mechanic, Superior Automotive, definitely a good place. Love that. Uh, okay, let's get to a couple of different things here. Oh, and the Peloton. Oh, the, the other Peloton. thing I was going to say. Yeah. I, Were you so, in Vajagony today? I had... No, I, I'm not in Vajagony today. I bought a gel seat and I didn't realize this, guys. Those seats that they come with, cock awful. Just terrible. Yep. Uh, Vajagony, Vaj- mm-hmm. it is a good term. I think, I don't even know who coined it, but I take it. And I stole it. it a few years ago yeah, and I love I, I, it. We don't know who the OG owner is, but thank you because I, I do use that now and again too. So awful. Like Vajagony for days. So I did order a gel seat for it. And then I went for my ride because I almost went Saturday on it Saturday. And I'm like, nope, ow. So then I bought a gel seat. <laughs> no, ow, 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 ow. It was like more like that. Ow, ow, ow. So then I had to go up and buy a gel seat. When you're waddling <laughs> off the bike. I got a gel seat, put that on way better, like way better. So I've, I'm only one workout in technically on the Peloton. <laughs> I'd like to have been two, but one, I'm fine with that. The other thing you need uh, special shoes, eh? Special shoes? You need special spin shoes. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. They don't come with the bike? Nope. They're separate. How much are they? Well, I paid $100, but they're actually $150. Oh, my God. But listen, you can get off-brand. This was Peloton shoes. You can get off-brand ones for cheaper. You can get them for like 60 bucks or something like that, but they clip into the pedal. That's the point so that that your feet don't slip. Ah. So prepare yourself. If you're going to get it and you think, ah, the bike's expensive. Oh, there's more. You know. (laughs) There's more shit. And and clearly they didn't give me the Peloton for free because I'm saying all this to you and I'm being honest with you. Sure. I paid for it. Ah. The the Peloton folks, I mean, there's so many different revenue models going on through that business. You've got the actual bike. And I would have thought most companies, if they sell you one of their products, you really only need one of their products. So you're done with them. Not Peloton. You're subscribing to shit. Yep. You're buying accessories. Yep. You're doing all kinds of stuff. Yep. And, yeah. and next it'll probably be a, oh, we'll tune your bike up right in your own living room and send some fucking crew out there or something. <laughs> probably. It <laughs> also doesn't need a tune up. It's a stationary bike. Yeah. Uh, you're liking it though? I love it. I, I was so into it because they, the music for me, like for me, when I work out, I need good music. It doesn't matter what you like. There's something for everyone. And once they do a live, because they could do live classes if that if you're into that. And they'll actually shout you out in the live classes sometimes, which is cool. I, I didn't do a live class yesterday. Mine was like one of the banked ones. But they bank everything when they're done. So you could literally search, hey, I feel like ludicrous. Just, just, just do it based off music alone and you'll be able to find a workout for you. And it's not just 
the bike, but you can also, um, there's meditation, there's yoga, there's all kinds of shit in there too. Wouldn't you fall off the bike if you're meditating? They do shit on the bike. There's an arm workout I'm really excited about. You have to get the, you have to get the, uh, the weights too. Of course you do. Yes. Yes you do. It doesn't have to be the Peloton weights that said, but anyway, you have to have weights for it, but you can actually do all of it on the bike Hmm. and then you're pedaling at the same time. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. So far, I like it, but I'm only one workout in. So I'll let you know in, like, in a few weeks. Okay. All right. Uh, a couple of things from the weekend. The CBC cat, you'll be disappointed to know, has announced they're going to mostly stay off of X, Twitter. Oh. CBC says X doesn't reach its audience and the engagement it gets from the platform is limited. Okay. Let's stop the fucking, now you're just lying. <laughs> you guys are just fucking lying now. Doesn't reach your audience. Who do you think your audience is? And- and they don't get engagement. That's because people don't like them. Every time they post something, people shit all over them. So if that's what they mean by no engagement, fine. But I think they get a lot of engagement. They just don't like reading it. They've been upset at X ever since they were labeled government-funded media yeah. back in April. Yeah. They claim, this is laughable too, they claim they're mislabeled. And they note their independence is enshrined in the Broadcast Act. Okay. I think everybody understands what's going on at CBC. You go ahead and do what you want with it. They're not going on X because they know that people on X don't even like them that much. That's basically why. If they had said something about threads or something, then maybe I would have bought it, right? Like, oh, no interaction on threads. Well, yeah, I don't think anyone uses it anymore. You know, tell me that about TikTok, and I might believe you, CBC. I don't believe you when it comes to X. That's exactly where your people are. The Bank of Canada. It's going to make an interest rate announcement this week. And I've never seen this kind of unanimous consent. 100% of economists expect them to leave the rate Good. unchanged. And let's hope they do. I mean, it'd be nicer if they dropped it for people. Jesus, H Christ. But, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, you're right, though. But uh, don't touch the damn thing. Uh, and so everyone who's predicted that, who, who does this, who predicts this, long term, and I know there's no crystal ball, blah, blah. They don't believe that it's going to be raised anytime soon, correct? No. In fact, I think the bank had a plan to go to 5.5%, like the Americans are still trying to do, and many other countries are, because I think it would sort of came down from above. We need all of the central banks in, in left-leaning countries to jack your interest rates as much as possible, because we've got to suck as much cash out of the middle class as we possibly can. They're basically treating us, the people, like an ATM. So I think the Bank of Canada wanted to go there, Even they were shocked at how rapidly it hit the market. And now we're in a situation where, well, this just came out this morning. 62% of Canadians struggling to make ends meet and spending more than 30% of their pre-tax income on housing. They say if you can spend 30% or less of your pre-tax income on housing, you're good. Anything over 30% and you're underwater, and now 62% of Canadians are underwater Mm. with more and more people renewing their mortgage every day, locked into this shit for years. So uh, nobody's expecting rates to go up. Mm -hmm. If they want to be nice to people right before Christmas, they could even lower it a half point because that would help out a little bit. Yes. But for the most part, doesn't look like they're going to do it. They're going to leave it that way. The most people are expecting an interest rate cut in the first quarter of 2024. So like next April, guys, is the first time you're going to get any Maybe. relief. And it, it's probably only going to be a half or a quarter point. On that note, because um, you mentioned Christmas and that makes me nervous, right? I don't like the fact that some families are wondering what Christmas is going to look like. But keep listening because we, 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 
gonna we're gonna do our best anyway to try to help out as much as we can with the communities that are listening to the After Dime podcast. And we wish we could help everybody, but keep listening. We've got some meetings coming up in the next week or two to give us a little more um, indication as to when we can start to talk about it. Because I know for some people it's early, uh, but we want to help out. And and the Scott and Cat show, our radio show, and the podcast as well. We're gonna do a little something to try to help some people. Still with housing, and then I want to talk about money again. The um, 2023 Vital Signs Report is out in Waterloo Region, where the Scott and Cat Show is based out of. We do our main radio show on 91.5 The Beat. They uh, In Waterloo Region, they've got a couple of different problems going on, and it's really interesting to read this. The report highlights, number one, how hard it is for vulnerable populations to find housing. I think we can all assume that that's your refugees, your your recently released from prisons, all that sort of shit. They've got a hard time. Okay. There's a mismatch. God, I can't wait to read this because I feel like I was proven right again. They say there's a mismatch between who is arriving in Canada and the houses that we're building. They say while larger households are building, sorry, larger households are growing twice as fast in Waterloo region as compared to the rest of Canada. So while some houses are being built, not nearly enough because 30% of households in the region now contain four or more people. Mm -hmm. And they're predicting a rapidly growing homeless population. Basically what they're saying is government has gone all in on building condos, but there's a lot of families where a condo will not do. So mm-hmm. while we're not building houses, all we're doing is making the cost of all the other houses on the market go that much higher. It's great if you own a home. Every time they build a condo, your detached house becomes worth more. But we're not building enough single family yeah, homes. Yeah, it's a problem. And, and why are regions and cities not doing this? They just have to create houses. Is it just because a condo is easy? fuck it, approve it. We can put a few thousand families in one building and bah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. It's the an easy and an easy money factor, I suppose. But even like, come on, people need the space. Like you said, there's four people. Okay, so if we're averaging like four people, and in some cases it's more than that. We oh, know yeah. this. Townhomes even, like why aren't we doing a little bit more of that? You know, like do some townhomes and, and, and structures like that. Why does everything have to be the full-blown... 20-story condo here and a 50-story condo there. Well, like, Yeah, and I mean, this is the thing. We, we're one built- bedroom. Like, what the fuck, guys? One bedroom and a den. Like, Get the hell out of here. That's great for someone who's, sure, I understand. You want to make it easier or for people to have their first place. And that's all well and great, and there needs to be space for that. But we're making too much space for that. Yeah. We are one of the biggest countries on earth and we're barely scratching the surface of the surface area of Canada. We've got 40 million people living in roughly four different areas in an entire country. That's one of the biggest on earth. So when they're scrambling around trying to put condos up and we got to build up guys, we got to build up. Mm -hmm. And when they're doing things like, um, uh, uh, the condos is one thing. They're really forcing municipalities to allow four plexes so you can put four families on one property now. The government is pushing this, and I don't understand why. We've got more land than anybody else. We could be building subdivisions after subdivisions and having detached homes that are functional for people all over the place. But for whatever reason, they're treating it like we're in Manhattan with no more real estate to build. We can't go out, so we got to go up. And it doesn't make any sense to me. It's so, so strange. In any case, though, there was an interesting piece of insight into Waterloo Region. They also said that it's the second fastest growing area for people to settle when they come to Canada, 
but it's also got the second highest rate of people leaving. So as many new people come into this region, just as many are moving out Mm -hmm. at the same time. They say older individuals and young families. Oh, that's seniors and families that can't afford to live in what used to be, even a few years ago, a very affordable area. How many people moved to Waterloo Region because Toronto was too expensive? Yeah. Now they've got to go even further out because they just can't afford to live here anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's see here. Bad Bunny was good on SNL on Saturday, I thought so right? too. And you know, it's funny because I didn't, I didn't pick up on as much of the criticism when it was first announced, but uh, he certainly did. And the criticism laid it was lying in the fact that he English is not his first language, and they thought, how can he do it? He can't do it. I thought he was so funny. There were a couple of skits. I died. The Shrek one. Did you see the Shrek? One? I didn't see oh it. Oh my god! I just thought it was, he did such a good job. He's a good actor too. Um, and obviously his musical performances were good. It's Bad Bunny. But I just thought he did a great job of kind of proving everybody wrong and had some fun with it, too, at the same time. Did speak his native tongue of Spanish. Had Pedro Pascal coming out for a bit. Love him. Lady Gaga came out for a bit. You had Mick Jagger showing up randomly. So anyway, it was a pretty fun SNL, I got to say. Uh, one thing on that, I don't know if people in Canada really appreciate how many Spanish-speaking people there are in America. There's more Spanish-speaking people in America than there are English-speaking people in all of Canada. So even if they did decide to go rogue on SNL and and let him speak Spanish the whole episode. People loved it. They absolutely would have loved it. And you don't see a whole lot of Spanish representation on American TV. Not nearly enough, considering how big that population is. Uh, The reason I mentioned it, though, is we talk about concerts and how expensive they're getting. And we're going to do that again in a sec for something else. Bad Bunny just announced his most wanted tour is coming to Toronto on April the 4th, Scotiabank Arena. 31 cities as part of a North American arena tour. Very good. Bad Bunny does one show for an entire country. How fucking expensive are those Bad Bunny tickets going to oh, be? Oh, there's going to be people falling over falling over themselves trying to get those tickets. Like, that's Taylor Swift prices. That's Adele in Vegas prices. It's going to be ridiculous. Resale is going to be insane for those. Yes. Because I everybody's going to want to go. He's not going to add another one, right? Is he? He could. Is there a chance? I looked, and on his calendar, it looks like there's some dates available. Okay. Uh, oh, I would... I uh, should probably mention this. By the way, I just realized Bad Bunny is coming right around Easter. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> Fucking right. Good. Bad bunny. (laughs) Bad, bad bunny. (laughs) I love it. Did you uh, watch any of what was happening in the Middle East on the weekend? Not a lot. I didn't see a lot of it, no. Okay, a couple of things. Israel's ambassador to Ottawa is now welcoming Canada's conclusion that the deadly explosion in Gaza at the hospital last week was fired by an errant rocket from within the Gaza Strip. So there's a lot of pressure on the Canadian government right now because I don't think they read the room properly here. They, I think, thought, okay, well, we just support Israel. That's what we do. And and this attack here, it looks like it came from Gaza. But, sorry, they initially, it looks like the Canadian government initially thought it was Israel that fired a missile into a hospital. Uh, now all the intelligence has proved that's wrong. The Canadian government didn't want to agree with that intelligence because they didn't want to be accused of being puppets. So they had to do their own independent assessment, which came back to the exact same conclusion as where everybody else was, America and France, like a week ago. So now we're all on the same page there. It was an errant rocket fired from within Gaza. That's now confirmed by the government of Canada. But there's a lot of protests, pro-Palestinian, 
anti-Israeli protests. Downtown Toronto this weekend, they swarmed a Jewish cafe and chanted, shut down this Zionist cafe, tried to intimidate customers from going in and spending money there. This is happening on the streets of Canada, and I never thought I'd see this cad. Mm -hmm. This is fucking wild. Wow. I've never seen it on display like that. Uh, York University has given until Wednesday for their student union to defend their collective statement on the Israel-Hamas conflict or risk losing their relationship with the school. York says the unions must retract their statement, issue an apology, acknowledge their statement's impact on campus, and remove all union executives by 5 o'clock on Wednesday. Now the schools are fighting with the student unions about protests and positions on world issues. What a mess. It's a total mess. I'm, I'm just staying on the sidelines on this one, guys. I'm, I'm just watching it happen. I feel bad for the amount of Jewish people in Canada that are being targeted right now. Uh, I, I'm just hoping that that peace prevails here and that they figure out a way to keep these protests peaceful because they are escalating. It seems like we're getting closer to violence and that is not what we want to see here at all. Um, What else can I do here for you? Oh yeah. I wanted to do this one before we switch gears and talk about work. Suge Knight. (laughs) I'm laughing already. (laughs) Suge Knight is locked up. Suge Knight's He's fucking crazy. Suge Knight is incarcerated in jail for attempted murder, or was it actual? Did he actually kill somebody? Did the guy die? He, I know he hit him with a car yeah. and then backed up and ran him over <laughs> Do again. Do you remember when that actually, when the when the evidence to that case, by the way, came out? We were on the other station at the time, I think, and I was talking about it, and then we saw the video, and he claimed it wasn't him. But you yeah. literally see him get inside the van, whatever it was. It was like a van or a truck. He got in. He ran the guy down. He looked back, he reversed, he fucking ran him over again. Yes. I think that guy did die. I think it was murder, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But there's other things, by the way. That's not the only thing that Suge Knight is known for. Nonetheless, this is surprising. Collect Calls with Suge Knight is his new fucking podcast. Yeah. Now, again, I don't profess to know everything about the correctional system, but I was under the impression you can't record a podcast in jail. But look at me, wrong again. Yeah. So apparently he got approvals to do this It was like a one-time thing, so he's banked a bunch of episodes that will air week that will be released. I should say weekly, so it's not like he he can he's hop. It's not like in his cell because I picture his cell little studio setup. Like everyone's, you know, they say everyone's got a fucking podcast, right? So I just picture him like in his cell right next to his toilet. A little microphone and and a little thing to connect him. That's not the case, but he is with someone else on this podcast. But I guess he was given permission to do something, whatever it was, a, a day's worth or a couple days worth. So they banked a shit ton of podcasts. That's apparently what they've done. Yeah, they did. Breakbeat Media is going to be dropping podcast episodes weekly, audio on Thursdays, video on Fridays yeah. on all major platforms with a sneak peek of the first convo coming tomorrow. Yeah, I guess, I mean, we've talked about prison systems and I, I know that's not where I work. So I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know everything, but I know that there's some areas, um, in certain cases where you're able to do activities, right? You're able, as long as you're staying in there, you're, you get approved for doing certain activities. And maybe that means you go to the library, maybe you do this or that the next thing. And this is probably just something that received approval from, from the prison that he's in. Like, yeah, you know what? We'll let you do that. How does that happen? How do you I get don't approval know. to record a podcast it in seems, jail? It seems weird. And the only concern that I think that they would have probably had at the time is what are you saying on that podcast? You know, are you going to make some crazy claims? And is that what we want? But um, he apparently won't talk about and hasn't talked about, this is what they say, uh, Keith D. 
and really? the, the Tupac situation. Like that's what everyone wants him to talk about, but he won't throw him under the bus or do anything. Is he afraid somebody's going to try and get to him in jail? That he could be in some way in Maybe? danger? Maybe. No. It's a weird world, do you know? Well, it's really weird when people who are incarcerated for killing someone very, very viciously yeah. can go and have a, and you know, at least the first few episodes are going to be top 10 on Spotify and on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. Just out of curiosity alone, I think. How the fuck does that happen? I never killed anybody. I, I, I do my podcast regularly. But if I had killed somebody, I could continue to do it from behind bars? That's fucking weird. Yeah, there's some things that I know, I know. I, I'm not going to pretend to, like I said, I'm not going to pretend to know because there's different tiers to different prison systems and how they allow these things and don't allow them. We got to just trust that maybe it's a good behavior thing. I don't know. Do you feel like prices are starting to come down at the grocery store? Have you been recently? You know what? Yes, I have been. And in some cases, I will say yes, or at least stabilized a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, still, there's some that I question, like, why Why would it be that much money? Still, some things in the produce area I don't understand. But overall, I'd say there's, there's good sales to be had. Um, I don't want to say they're like pre-inflation sales, but not terrible. Not terrible. It does seem like the prices are coming down. And we were told in the fall they do come down automatically just because of market pressures and things like that. So that's good, whether it's just that or it's anything to do with that big summit that they had with the grocery chains in Ottawa. I don't care. Either way, it's just nice to see some of these prices coming down. And as we talk about the price of everything, Credit Karma wanted to find out what's bugging people about the high cost of living right now. One of the things they stood out or that stood out to them was how many people commented the price of fun is too high. <laughs> hey, that's true. At least one in five Gen Zers say everything fun has surged in price since the pandemic, including theme parks, theatrical shows, live comedy, sporting events, carnivals, fairs, concerts, movie theaters, and more. It's true. Yeah. Everything we like to do got crazy expensive. It did. And I think if a lot of households run similarly to, you know, my, I remember growing up, my parents started to call it fun money, but I think that everybody calls it fun or a lot of people. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say everyone. A lot of people call it fun money, right? Cause you have the things you have to buy to get by groceries. You have to buy rent or your mortgage payments. And then all of the other bills that are associated with living your cell phone and this and that. And then whatever is left over, which I know is laughable for a lot of people right now, right? What's left over now? After all this inflation and crazy prices for everything, that would be your fun money. But it is a good point in that the fun money is lacking for a lot of people. If there is some, you're lucky. But even if there is some, the prices of that fun that you speak of, it's going up, right? Oh, fuck. You want to go out, even something as simple and basic as a date, you want to go out on yeah. a date and you think about the cost of dinner and a yes. movie now compared to dinner and a movie even three years ago. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't understand how people can afford to try and get laid. I do. Honestly, I do feel bad for those who are dating right now. And yeah. they're tr- especially someone who's like just truly. Well, either way, even if you're out to hook up or if you're truly trying to find somebody, if you go out on an average of even if it's that one date a week, you right? You do. You try to meet up with someone and see if there's a spark. Every Friday you do it. Every Saturday you do it. That adds up. That adds up. Gen Zers are cutting back on dining out first and foremost. Yeah. First thing they're cutting is the dining out. Yeah. 
But restaurants are worried about that, right? By the way, I'm they're worried. seeing it. They're I'm, seeing it real bad right now. How many times do restaurants need to be kicked in the balls? Honestly, you know, I mean, before COVID, it was what what it was. The better ones survived. The other ones did not. Then COVID hit and we shut a whole bunch of them down. And we tried to get them all on the delivery apps. And then we found out the delivery apps are gouging the restaurants like left, right, and center. Yeah. Then we tried to get people to order on the app, but pick up in the store. And this shit went on, stop, mm-hmm. start, stop, start for so long. They finally come out of the pandemic. And now the Bank of Canada has bankrupt the entire middle class. So nobody can afford to go out and eat anymore. It's like they're trying to close them down. But they say that young people in particular are taking on much mm-hmm. more credit card debt. They're borrowing from their savings if they have any savings left. They're taking on additional work and selling clothes and other belongings online to try and raise cash. Yeah, I'm yes. not just young people, by the way. Can I say, I, when you mentioned that selling things, I notice on my Facebook feed, and for the most part, I have a you know I have a bunch of people on my Facebook. I don't know that said, but I for the most part, the people that pop up are the people you chat with more you mm-hmm. know how that happens on your feed yeah i'm seeing more and more of those people and like you mentioned adults though adults well established with good jobs selling things now people sell things for different reasons we all know that maybe they just really want to get rid of it but some people are really purging trying to make that extra cash especially considering christmas is around the corner so it doesn't surprise me you know so as much as i'm concerned about restaurants i'm also concerned about retailers too because yeah. there's a lot of people who are just going to skip christmas this year yeah. The, the big gift giving stuff anyway. And, and especially, or do it on the cheap. Just generally spend less, right? And maybe your budget used to be $500 and you were like, yeah, you get something for the kids, something for this. And now you're like, yeah. I mean, you, we were talking a little while ago about the fact that your mom had that combo with you about, can we just like chill this out a little bit? Yeah. And I think a lot of people are having that conversation. Like, let's just be real. Like, do we need to do this? No. Christmas is about being together. You know, and, and maybe that's that's been a rule in your house for this year or maybe it was implemented earlier. But for us, I mean, on my family, there's so many people. We just say, buy stuff for the kids. And by kids, we mean little kids. I want to do a uh, quick shout out to everybody who came out on Saturday night. I hosted the Milton District Hospital Foundation's annual Gift of Health Gala. How did it go? Did you reach the goal? Yes. I think that's Great. the eighth time I've hosted that gala. Seventh or eighth. Wow. And we raised just over Three hundred thousand dollars in Great. one night, and and where's that money going, or is it a part of a bigger fund to fund something bigger? Yeah, the hospital when they start planning out the gala, they'll always announce, okay, this year we need to buy, uh, I don't know, two more incubators for the NICU, and we need to buy another ECG machine for the ER, and we need to buy, I don't know, sometimes it's as complex as we need an MRI machine, or we need a CT scanner or something like that. This time around, I feel like it was stuff for like newborns and premature babies, but I'll be honest, I was so busy on Saturday talking to people that I don't actually know what it was we were buying. I know we hit the goal though, Good. and I want to thank everybody who came. It's amazing to be in those rooms sometimes when when all the sponsors are out and they're raising money for a hospital because, you know, as much as I look around and people are struggling, like they just don't have the money to do what they used to be able to do. Others are thriving. I watch people stroke checks for $30,000. Just, yeah, no problem. I'll buy that. What is it? A silent auction item for a trip to Mexico? 15 grand. I'll buy it. Well, they're only asking two. 
I'll give them 20 then. <laughs> All right, fine. You know, like hey, some people great. are still doing pretty well. That is good. I mean, at least they're, and at least those people that you saw, at least, we're, we're giving it to a, a, a very worthy cause. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. So thank you to everybody who came out. Thank you to everybody who came up and said hello. I think it was the pandemic that kind of made me forget about this. But before the pandemic, when everybody was just social and they would shake hands and things like that, we used to go to events all the time and run into people. And it used to be, hey, can can I take a picture with you or or whatever? Mm-hmm. And it really kind of died off for a while. But I feel like it's back. Saturday, people wanted selfies and real loud ovation for Energy 95.3 when I introduced Good. myself, Yay. which is great. That's one of the radio stations you can hear us on in Hamilton in the GTA, 95.3 FM. And uh, again, everybody who came out, love you. Thank you very much. There's another thing I want to do before we get to the replay of Missed Connections. Real great article on BuzzFeed, and it came with contributions from Reddit. People sharing work scams that are now so normalized that people don't even realize they're getting scammed at work. This is an interesting one, guys. Number one, discouraging talking about how much money you make. It's literally only a tactic so workers don't compare notes and establish financial Mm -hmm. fairness. Punishing you for talking about your salary is in some places and should everywhere be illegal. You should always talk to your coworkers about compensation. Is that illegal here? I don't know like, what the Canadian law on that is, to be honest. In the States, they can't prohibit you from discussing your income. Okay, so I wonder if it's the same in Canada. And a lot of people sign employment contracts, right? And so that's where it probably... That's where you don't want to say anything. Like, why would you tell someone? Because I, I signed a contract. I don't want to get fired. That's the automatic reaction. I don't want to get fired telling someone what I make. I'm curious what it, what the rules are here. Well, is that the reason, though? Like, workers are not supposed to discuss their pay because bosses don't want such and such to find out that such and such is making more than them when they do the same job? Is well, that what it is? Or I think, what are any other reasons you can think of? Why else would we not be allowed collectively as a society to tell each other what we make, unless we're doing like a standard minimum wage job, then I think nobody, it's fine. Sure. I mean, I think that there is some confidentiality that that's good when it comes to your salary. Nobody needs to know how much money I make or what my financial situation is. Right. But that would be a personal choice for you. Exactly. Right. So there's the difference. And what I'm saying is what other reason would there be for the employer to say, don't say anything. Right. I don't, I can't think of anything other than they don't want a fight in the office. And that's likely what will happen, too, especially if there's a disparity in who's getting paid what. And it happens. And I mean, over the years, we've done a lot of stories on this where someone's found like a, I don't know if they do pay stubs anymore (laughs) because everything's electronic now. But we've had stories before where, hey, guys, anonymous like texter or caller who says like, I found a pay stub from my colleague. I worked there longer and I found out they're making twice as much as me or whatever. It could cause problems. I think that's the only reason why I truly do that employers want to keep that a secret. Cell phones. Most jobs require you to have a smartphone in some way, Mm -hmm. but you have to pay for it, even though they expect you to do work with your phone. Right. I agree with that one. I mean, I think if you've got a job where you need to be accessible by phone or you need to have access to email or even with us here, we've got all this security protocol so that we can get our company email on our phones, but we need to have the company authenticator app on our phone. Even I think that's an overreach. I think that if they want to put stuff on your phone or you need your phone to do your job, they should kick in for it. It doesn't have to pay your bill or give you anything like that, but a small cell phone allowance if your work is required requires you to have a phone. 
Yeah, that's a that's a possibility. Um, some people have to have two phones in that case. Like if they if they argue it, they'll be like, okay, here, and they'll give you just a shit phone. Yeah, you're, on, a, you're on call with this piece of shit. Have fun lugging this around. Here's an iPhone eight, and then so, won't even boot up, really. Right? Yeah. And then some people they kick themselves because they're like, oh, I shouldn't have said anything. Now I got to carry two phones. How hard would it be though? I mean, the average person is probably paying fifty to seventy bucks a month for their cell phone on average. If you need a cell phone as part of your job, maybe you're a delivery driver or something like that. You need your phone. Why can't work just kick in like even 20 bucks a month for it? It wouldn't cost them much, but it would go a long way to contributing and showing, hey, we're as invested in this as you are. I think that'd be fair if bosses wanted to jump in and do that. Some places do have allowances. Some places do have that kind of uh, fit in. We're talking about work scams that have been normalized to the point where we just think it's the way it's supposed to be. This person says, be here 15 minutes before your shift starts. Mm Yeah, bro. Normally I would because I like to ease in and make a coffee, etc. But if you require me to be there 15 minutes in advance and don't pay me for those 15 minutes, I'm rolling in at nine on the dot. The uh, the restaurant business was always bad for that. I say yeah. bad for it, but that's just what they did. It was always you had to show up for your shift 15 minutes prior because they figure you're not going to be ready in uniform with your hair tied back if that's a requirement, and your proper shoes and this and that. 15 minutes before your shift. But it was always a strange thing for people. Like, okay, if it's, it's one thing if you want me on the floor at 5 p.m., but pay me at 4.45. If I'm in at 4.45, preparing to be on the floor at 5 p.m. It was yeah. all, it's always one of those things. That's one example. But there's a lot where they say come in 15 minutes prior to your shift. Unpaid lunches that actually result in a nine-hour workday. Yeah, I Absolute, that. I'll read the uh, quote, absolute fucking horseshit. <laughs> I... I don't, I know there's a lot of people that do that every single day. They're at work for nine hours because they want to get paid for the eight, but the lunch they don't get paid for. I. But I, they have to take the lunch. They have to take the lunch. It's bullshit. It is bullshit. I don't like that setup. No. Like, I don't like it at all. I know there's a lot of, uh, I guess there's a lot of different industries that might do that. Um, but uh, at a daycare, I'll give you an example. That's kind of sometimes the way how it is too. I, I don't like that. I'm not a fan of it. This person says, team lead, in quotations. If you're team lead, it really just means you're going to get management responsibilities without management pay. Oh, yeah. Team lead. They don't call people bosses or supervisors or or, uh, managers anymore. They're leaders so that, no, you don't get that corporate title with the corporate salary that comes with it. What about a key holder? Keyholder. That, that's that, like, another similar? good one. A keyholder. Yeah. I remember that just growing up, like being in high school and stuff. And then you had friends that worked at like Susie Shear and shit like that. They're like, I'm a keyholder. I'm like, what does that mean? They're like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just a keyholder. I'm a manager. I'm like, okay. Did you get paid more? No. Then <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck's the point of that? It's so stupid. Yeah. Fuck you, Susie Shear. I said it. This person says, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I singled out Susie Shear. I'm just joking, guys. <laughs> Where is there a Susie Shear anymore? <laughs> Singled them out. Well, you pulled that I one could, out of your Peloton I ass. I could have said any anyone else. I could have said Reitman's or whatever, whatever else. I'm just I'm just screwing around. When they start processing payroll days out from your check, but won't actually show you the amount until it's paid. This person says, show us the amount in advance so we can tell you if it's wrong before it's too late. I can't tell you how many employees have an app that says the hours they should be paid, but there's still a screw up. And they end up not getting their full amount. Interesting. Then you got to wait two weeks yeah. or more to get yeah, it corrected. Sure. That's an interesting one. After work activities being not mandatory, but advised or 
affecting your standing at work. This person says, I used to have a two-hour commute, and at least once a month, my bosses would have the whole team go out for a few hours, like an eight after an eight-hour shift. When we started the crack of dawn, they all wanted to go out afterwards. I just wanted to clock in and then go home because I was mentally exhausted by the end of the day, but would always have to get that stink eye when I would politely decline joining for a team building or something like that with a team that we couldn't even socialize with since we're on the phone eight hours a day. Huh. Hey, I get it. There is a lot of pressure to do this. Hey, we're all doing that. Come on and join us. Mm -hmm. When you say no, there's a perception that you're not a team player when really you should probably be celebrated for drawing boundaries and wanting downtime. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of the beauty of a a workplace is that you're going to get people from different walks of life. And there's some people who just are there to work. And I think you have to be respectful of that. I've been at workplaces where I'm heavily involved in the social setting of them. Heavily. I mean, like I was friends with anyone who wanted to be friends with me and we'd go out for drinks after work, blah, blah, blah. Life kind of sets in though, especially when you have a family and that kind of changes and it shifts a little bit, right? But I'm, I've always thought we well, need to be respectful. There's certain people that just aren't interested that want to go and do their job and come home. I've got that's th- it. three more work scams that are so normalized, most people don't even realize they're not normal. First one. When they tell you you got to find someone to cover your shift when you call in sick, that's a manager's job, not your job. Tell them no. Okay. Yeah. I guess every place is different. If I'm sick, I don't have to arrange who's going to cover for me on the radio show. We have a boss that'll Mm -hmm. do that. Now, I might offer to help, but it's not my job. But there are a lot of people, particularly in like quick serve restaurants, like, oh, you're not coming in for your McDonald's shift? You better get somebody to cover it. Yeah. That's not your job. No. Especially if you're sick. It's one thing if you're like, yeah, man, last minute concert tickets can't work tonight. Figure that shit out. Mm -hmm. That's a different story. But if you're sick, you're absolutely right. That is on the manager, and that's why they're supposed to be getting paid more money. (laughs) The expectation that you have to give two weeks notice to quit, but you could be fired overnight with zero warning because some graph made the chairman of the board's portfolio sad. Mm. I still think it's a... It's just better overall to give notice. If you know you're done, give your two weeks, yep. work it out. You don't need to burn a suck bridge Suck it up. There. Nope, just, suck it up. Just my opinion. I've, I've, I agree with you. I was brought up that way You because you never know also. You never know when that person might come back into your life, let's say that was your boss at the time or whatever. You don't just flake out. Last one, and I love it. It's bullshit that we have to pay for parking just to go to work. This person says, this blew my mind as a New Yorker when I met people from other parts of the U.S., they're forcing you to be at their premise, yet you have to pay for a separate parking facility or worse yet, one of those corporate park deals where the employer there can easily cover employee parking, but they don't. I was, uh, there was a time, it was one year in radio where I was working downtown Toronto. Otherwise I was mainly in Etobicoke mm-hmm. when we worked in radio in Toronto. And that time that I was downtown, it shocked me. Yeah. Because I was at Bloor and Jarvis And it was costing me $30 a day to park the car. 30 bucks a day. And that's not even that bad. No. And some people are paying a lot more than I was. Yeah. Just compared to other places. I I was the same way. It's baffling. If they require you to be on site, shouldn't they also offer you at least the option to park for free? I.e. if you drive, we'll do this. Some places have like a deal. Like I remember that was the case with when I worked at the Junos for that short span of nine months. It was downtown Toronto. Similarly to you, there were a couple options. I could park for the day for whatever it was. I think it was like 40 bucks for the day, but that was the lot next door. 
or they had to deal with Scotiabank Arena or Scotia, not Scotiabank Arena, um, Scotiabank Theater. Yeah. Right. And that that was a bit of a walk, though, from where the office was. You had a deal, but it really worked out to be not that much less considering, OK, now I have to walk, though. And then the other option was there's a monthly lot and that cost you an arm and a leg, too. Um, I, I don't know what the answer to that is, though, because are they supposed to be paying for your lifestyle? Because that kind of leaks into that territory for me. It's your choice to live on the outskirts of the city. Even though in some cases you can't live that way with the price that they, with the amount of money they give you, right? They can't be like, Hey, here's $50,000 for this job. And you're going to have to pay parking and this, this, that, then it, then it gets a little unrealistic for a lot of people, right? Like that's insane. Sure. Uh, even worse would be if the company that you work for is charging you to park. That would oh, be horrible. That'd be bad luck. However, in general, I think we should try and work out some compromises here. Uh, whether you live on the outskirts of town or you just live a couple of blocks away, if you have to drive to work, which the vast majority of people do, those who don't have a transit option, by the way, mm-hmm. if you have to drive, they should provide a parking space. And most companies do. It's when you get into the downtowns the downtown and stuff, stuff like that. That's you what know. it is. But generally speaking, people believe, and it's not always the truth, that those are the high paying jobs, though. Oh, but yeah, you get paid a shit ton of money. That's not necessarily true. And it's also amazing how much 150 bucks a week adds up in parking, too. Yeah. We got to go, everybody. Uh, tomorrow, we have a special guest on our radio show. Uh, Ty, winner of Big Brother Canada, yeah. is going to be on. And he's going to talk about how you can get on the next season this spring. It's not, I mean, listen, $100,000 cash. If you're thinking about applying, it doesn't even matter your age, Big Brother Canada, all walks of life. I think we all know how that works. But uh, if you're thinking about auditioning, we're going to ask him some questions, including tips, like how do you stand out? Uh, BigBrotherCanada.ca. If you want to, by the way, look uh, look ahead before you apply and submit your video, you might want to hear from Ty first. So that's going to be just after nine o'clock on our radio shows. Um, Energy 95.3, of course, in the morning and also 91.5 The Beat. Yeah, it's also going to be on our London show in the afternoon and on the Barry show at night. We just haven't quite worked out the time. Yeah. We'll figure it out. It'll be during our shows at some point there. Have a fantastic day, everybody. We are going to leave you with the replay of today's Missed Connections. You're not going to say bye? Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Bye. Missed Connections. Missed Connections. On the Scott and Cat Show. Ah. Here we go. There's that beautiful music. Sounds good. That I create right here on my desk every single time we do Missed Connections. The even fit a piano on your desk is impressive. Wild I've always cat, been impressed. You know? I got a sliver last week, but otherwise it's going pretty well. This is where we tell you a couple of stories about people who have had an encounter in the past. They've met. One person is looking for the other person. So they told the story online. We intercepted it and we bring them to you right here. This first one's called Hot Doctor, Hot Damn. If I knew what was going to happen, I would have worn sexier boxers for you, doctor. I called in to the doctors because I felt a weird lump near my hip. Old age creeps in earlier than I thought at 50. I got in a same day, but they warned me my doctor was off. In the moment, I was upset, but I wish they would have told me it was a sweet angel doctor from heaven filling in. You asked to see the lump, and I was mortified, because I wore my rippies that day. Oh, no. I do have good underwear. I was just expecting a partially retired old dude to be looking at it. But no, it was you and your beautiful face. <laughs> you were kind and gentle. I know. Just you over there with a beautiful face. I know it's a long shot. 
You're married probably and not interested at all in someone like me. But I wanted you to know you made this lumpy middle-aged man <laughs> happy. Me with my lumpy hips and my, my ripped underwear. <laughs> my rippies. My rippies. The fact that you have a nickname for them and you still haven't got new ones is pretty amazing, isn't it? Bro, let me break this down for you. If you're 50... You shouldn't own any rippies. No rippies. Get them gone. <laughs> Throw them out, dude. Those are my good luck rippies. <laughs> I just wanted a man to look at these, not a woman. Well, listen, be prepared for any scenario. You're going to the doctor to talk about something wrong with your hip. You called them. <laughs> they didn't call you. You called them. And you knew exactly what was happening. They didn't say, hey, can you come in? I think there's a lump on your hip. That's not how it worked. By the way, what healthcare system is this that you get in the same day for something yeah. like a lump on your hip? That's like an eight-month-out appointment this here. This is America. This has got to be America. Same day for a non-emergency? That's crazy. <laughs> Holy cow. This, uh, this next one is called... Where are my rippies? <laughs> I saw you... This is gross. This one's gross, guys. I saw you eating lunch, is what it's called. I was at the mall, which I never do. That was the first weird thing that happened. Then I realized how bad I have to pee. But the cleaning guy had the male bathrooms blocked and pointed me to the direction of the family bathroom, which was available. I hesitated, but I really had to pee. So I went in, and that's when I saw you. You were the woman eating a food court salad in the bathroom while sitting up at a baby change table. Oh, no. I had to rub my eyes. I thought I was dreaming. You said, hello. Lettuce leaves and tomatoes dripping from your chin. Like a rabbit. You smiled at me like it was just another day. I don't understand, but again, I really had to pee. I used a stall so as not to disturb you and your meal. I washed my hands and I left. But now I realize I, I'd like to know more. I should have asked, why? There were like 42 empty tables out in the food court. Are you a wanted fugitive? <laughs> <laughs> Was your ex out there sitting down somewhere? Did you at least clean that thing off with lots of Lysol? Please respond. All good questions. All great questions. Number one, are you a wanted fugitive? <laughs> that's a weird place for your mind to go right off the bat. God, could they be on like the most wanted list? Yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, I don't know that <laughs> wanted fugitives necessarily eat using the change table in the family bathroom at the mall as a table. Well, I don't you, think that happens very often. Would you go in looking for someone in there? No, you're absolutely right. That's the best place to avoid detection from the feds. <laughs> why? Do, do you have any theories about why? using the change table as like a dining table in the family bathroom. Why did this happen? With no, witness protection? Mm. Mm -hmm. Do I they work no in the family bathroom, like selling services of some sort, <laughs> and this was just their break? <laughs> like, are they like a diaper dealer or something <laughs> like that? Diaper dealer. <laughs> Perfume. Anything. You know, like the people who offer you a paper towel yeah. in the clubs and stuff. Is is it one of those kind I've of I've never deals? seen that. They didn't have a kid with them either or anything. Just, a, just okay. They realize what happens on those change tables, right? I would hope they realize what happens maybe there. They don't, maybe they thought it was a fold-out table. Like one of those space savers in those small apartments. Well, this is neat. The table just folds down from the wall. <laughs> I'm hungry all of a sudden. Why does my table have a seatbelt? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'll lead around this weird stain. It's fine. Uh, 
Just be careful. You bon appetit. You, you never know what you're going to get in public bathrooms. Got to love it. Oh, that is just great. Those are your missed connections.